0: What is good, guys? Welcome to Top House Sports, where we analyze and break down sports games from the week, as well as our reactions and predictions from this past week. I'm House of Kaden with Tamid here, and we have a lot to talk about. So let's get started. So first of all, the NFL divisional playoffs, and again, an incredible divisional round. A lot of upsets and a lot of surprises. I'll start with the first one: the Bengals and the Bills. You accurately predicted this one, right, Kaden? So. First of all, Joe Burrow had a great game, 242 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers, and the Bengals' defense absolutely dominated the Bills. And with this game, Caden, do you think Joe Burrow is above Josh Allen when you talk about the best quarterbacks in the entire league? Um, I'd have to say
1: over consistent and meaningful play, yes. We've seen what Josh Allen's been able to do for his team in the regular season a lot, but he hasn't been able to get them over that hump. And for two straight seasons, Joe Burrow has made the conference championship, so... A little bit of a speculation there. I, I think that it's definitely a debate to be had because of Josh Allen's like, running ability as well. However, I I did think that the Bengals were going to win this game. They ended up doing it. and The reason as to why is because we saw in the first game against Miami just a lackluster effort, and they almost let it slip. They really did. And th- I just knew that wasn't going to fall for a legit contender like Cincinnati, who as of recent weeks, has been clicking on all cylinders. And like you said, the defense had a really good showing for them as well. And, of course, their offense as well, having involved Hayden Hurst a lot too in that game. And really, Jamar Chase shined as well. So, props to the Cincinnati Bengals, yeah.
0: The Bills, I thought they would figure out that, hey, the playoffs aren't going to be as easy as it was after that game against the Dolphins and I expected them to come out with a better sense of urgency against the Bengals and they did not come out with any sorts of of urgency at all and with this game I believe Burrow cements himself as a top three quarterback in the league without a doubt and my top five rankings goes as this Mahomes number one of course but now when I see how Allen and Burrow plays throughout this whole season now I do think we have to give Burrow the spot over Josh Allen as the second best quarterback in the entire league. Then have Josh Allen right behind him, then Justin Herbert and Aaron Rodgers. And let's go back to Joe Burrow, 242 passing yards, two touchdowns with no turnovers, and also surprisingly only sacked once with the subpar offensive line. So that shows how elusive he is in the pocket and how well he's been looking to get his reads and quickly got the ball out of the pocket. Now time after time, Joe Burrow is calm, collected, despite the immense pressure that's put on him every single game. And he always makes the right play. He's not very turnover prone, and he always, you know, puts the ball where he needs to be and throws the ball away when he needs to. Josh Allen, on the other hand, I think he's more skillful than Joe Burrow. He does have the better physical capabilities. He has a better throwing arm. But in terms of just IQ and reading the field, Joe Burrow definitely has that over the edge, no doubt, as well. And when it comes to big games such as this, it shows how inexperienced Josh Allen is. Is looking through the field, looking through the reads. And there's just plays where Josh Allen just throws the ball downfield with no sense of repercussions. Like, hey, what if that ball is thrown to double coverage to Stephon Diggs? Like, there's no repercussions off of that. He just throws it downfield, hopefully, like, praying for the best. And like we saw in this divisional game, it didn't work out for him. And Joe Burrow collected in the pocket too smooth too cool puts it right on the money and makes the right play every single time so for me yeah it's a tough game for the uh, for the Buffalo Bills but for you Kaden where do the Bills go from here after this loss
1: it's kind of tough because they I feel like they really bought into the season to try and contend I mean really upgrading their roster um, we saw them with the transaction of Naeem Hines trying to get him integrated as well didn't really work out a lot for them James Cook also emerged as a strong candidate in their backfield as well again it's the really inconsistent play I feel like from a large portion portion of their offense whether it be consistently getting Diggs involved I think that's um kind of like not something that they focused on but a good chunk of this season you would see games where Diggs just isn't targeted nearly as much as he should be and um We've kind of seen Stephon Diggs react after this game in a negative way towards Josh Allen, and I I don't know if there was some tr- just mistrust there or why. But if I'm if I'm the coaching staff right there, you need to make sure that the um, quarterback has full trust in receivers because if he doesn't, then there's just not going to be a lot of success. And we've seen how trust goes like that. Like the Cincinnati Bengals took Jamar Chase with the hopes that him and Joe Burrow, because they played in college, they would have chemistry. And that's been so evident. And I feel like that's why they haven't really had any of those errors. But at the same time, I don't know. From here, I feel like the the Bills just need to do a better job of being cohesive with the team. The team's
0: talent is there, but I feel like playing as a team is something that they lack. For sure. I think for me, though, there's comes down to two things for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, first of all, I said it before, since their week three loss against the Dolphins, the Bills really need to stop relying on Josh Allen to do everything on offense. What we've seen Josh Allen do is basically play quarterback and running back as well. And we've seen a lot of the times they do a lot of design quarterback runs for Josh Allen, and for him, we saw him take an injury to his elbow, and that really didn't look good against his game against in the divisional against the Cincinnati Bengals. We've seen that elbow injury really linger with him in some of his throws. So for the Buffalo Bills, I would say they really do need to pick up a running back in the draft or through free agency this offseason, and trying to have that one running back be efficient on the ground. We've seen Devin Singletary attempt to be the RB1, and he wasn't really that efficient on the ground either. They brought Naheem Hines for more of a pass-catching role, which Devin Singletary also moved into that role. So... For the Buffalo Bills, they don't really have that one running back that they can rely on to hand the ball off. James Cook also has some touches too, but I really don't see him becoming that primary running back for the Buffalo Bills as well. So we'll see where they go during the draft or maybe during free agency. If they could really pick up a running back that is efficient on the ground, I really do think that could help them in the next season where I also think they need to... Run the ball more. Not with Josh Allen, but with actual running backs. Not Josh Allen running the ball. Because we've seen him do it too many times and he's been taking hits after hit. Like we've seen throughout the fatigue later in the season with him racking up so many hits on his body. Number two though, I do think the Bills need to get another wide receiver. We know Stefan Diggs is great. And a lot of people thought Gabe Davis could be that number two guy. I really don't think so. He's a great deep route runner. And he's really great on the deep throw. But in terms of relieving options off of uh, Stefan Diggs as a second wide receiver I think they knew they really do need to pick one up again in the draft or in free agency as well I feel like the defense for the Bills is really consistent
1: throughout really the chunk of the season we saw phenomenal play from players like Matt Milano um, Ed Oliver and um, we even got to see kind of them get their health back as well Tredavious White also being healthy toward the end of the season when it mattered and getting all these pieces back on defense was I- important for them And honestly, I don't even think it was the defense's fault that they lost that game because they got stops in which they needed. They just didn't turn it into points on the offensive side. And so I would put not much of the blame on this defense. I would say the main problem for me is Josh Allen's just trust within this team. It does not look like it's there because um, you get players like Dawson Knox, Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis. In my mind, those three alone are the top targets yet there's games where some of them are just not involved at all and i i don't i don't really think there's an explanation for that whether it's the coaching staff maybe just saying oh take it easy the game that has to be the only explanation because if you're not throwing consistently to your top options something's wrong
0: definitely yeah and it does suck to see them having that demar Hamlet injury and we saw them Trying to take that storyline and try to make it into a magical Super Bowl run, but unfortunately fell short against the Bengals. Let's move on, though, to another crazy game, the Cowboys and the 49ers, where we saw in that last play. Very interesting play call. Let's break it down, Kaden. What did you see there? <laughs> I mean, well, first off, lining up with one lineman,
1: um, it was an interesting play. I honestly think it could have worked, but they didn't get the ball fast enough to someone they were trying to obviously run some lateral play to try and just pray that they can get something going downfield, but you hike the ball, Ezekiel Elliott immediately gets trucked to the ground, Dag press got throws into coverage, and then that just completely gets blown up. I, I forget who caught the pass, but it doesn't matter. The defense is all over it. Another big collision. So, I mean, I don't know if you were really trying to assert yourself if you're the Cowboys. I mean, you still could have like tied the game if you scored a touchdown, but... I, it looked as though they'd kind of lost hope, you know, They're kind of like lazy playing or just not being locked in when you need to be locked in.
0: That was pretty funny. I mean, Zeke, not even one second after he gets like after he snaps the ball, to Dak Prescott gets absolutely leveled by the defensive lineman, and Dak has literally less than three seconds to do the ball. And once he threw that ball, the wide receiver gets immediately wrecked by Fred Warner. So it's just it's a funny play call, and I really don't know what the Cowboys were doing on that last play. Kind of funny, too, last year against the same 49ers team, Dak Prescott runs on a QB draw with less than 10 seconds and no timeouts. The time runs out, and it's another funny way for the Cowboys to lose in the playoffs. But for the Cowboys, though, let's talk about Dak Prescott. Had a struggling game through two interceptions in that ball game. And for you, Caden, do you think the Cowboys... What would you do with Dak Prescott now? It's really tough.
1: I think that Dak is an incredibly talented quarterback, yet the utilization of him... It's, it's been there like I think he's a very capable thrower has maybe one of the strongest arms in the um, NFL yet there's been kind of a turnover like just ev- turnover problem evident with him kind of like really through his whole career and it hasn't been like uh, uh, an emphasis on it you know what I mean like it's kind of just been delayed and it seems as though year after year when they get to a position which they think they can compete, It's just not good enough, and the lackluster effort from Dak Prescott is always the reason why. So I I don't know if the Cowboys right here, they'd want to go to a different route because I feel like they'd have to do an entire rebuild at that because their defense is good, but their offense has young pieces as well. Like Tony Pollard, we talk about maybe seeking a large extension from them. We'll see how that really goes down. CeeDee Lamb has blossomed into a fabulous wide receiver one option. I believe he also made the um, all-pro team. And just these these pieces are there for them. But I don't think this team is quite ready to compete as well as the fact that they don't have a quarterback that can lead them. So a couple of things that I think definitely held them back. But again, it was the 49ers. That's the reason why they lost that game more so because I think that the 49ers, they just dominated on all cylinders, whether it was just the defense not allowing... Um, Really much at all. I believe that um, there was one one touchdown. One touchdown for the Cowboys. But it came in a drive where it seemed like everything that they'd done is perfect. And they really made no mistakes. And the the 49ers just had no options for them. But again, just the domination of the 49ers through the defense. And again, that leading to opportunities. We saw the interception set them up for points in the first half as well to get them the original lead. So again... This defense is just a phenomenal, phenomenal way for them to utilize the uh, just
0: dominance in which they've had over these other teams. And so, yeah. The Cowboys, it's hard for Dak Prescott. We've seen what he's capable of with his game against Tampa Bay, but then we also see his his lows of lows against the 49ers. And for me, though, you could listen to trade offers for Dak Prescott, but... The market for Prescott isn't that big, and for the Cowboys, if you do seek a trade offer for Dak Prescott, you're not going to get an upgrade at quarterback, if anything, at all. So, for the Cowboys, they're stuck in no man's land. They're not bad enough to tank, but I really don't see them going to the Super Bowl with Dak Prescott at the helm. So, it's a really tough decision to make. You're just Honestly, at this point, you could just pray that Dak Prescott improves his ability to read the field and make greater decisions, because... You have great running backs, like you said. With Zeke and Pollard, you have a great wide receiver in C.D. Lamb, a serviceable tight end in Dalton Schultz, an incredible defense. And it's really a roster that I don't see them blowing up, but they're not going to go anywhere in the Super Bowl or in the playoffs with Dak at the helm. So we'll see where the Cowboys go from here. But for the 49ers, Caden, is, is there any doubts with Brock Purdy in the 49ers still? Or did this game against the Cowboys shut it all away? Um... It's kind of tough. Like, again, he is a rookie quarterback.
1: We have to remember that. And while he still has yet to just kind of show that side of him, that he is indeed a rookie, it's still there. And so while I say this was a very good game on his part, I saw a couple things that made me kind of scared for 49ers fans because he did throw some questionable balls that really could have just changed the dynamic of the game, but they were fortunate for them to not um, come away with the turnovers. So... Um, you're going to play a very, very formidable opponent next week or actually this upcoming week uh, against the Eagles. And so the Eagles, who's also just came off of an utter domination of a game as well. We'll get into that. But, um, yeah, just really a, a good matchup and he's really going to be- get tested by that Eagles defense.
0: Yeah, for sure. For me though. There really is no doubt with this team after that win against uh, the Cowboys. The Cowboys have arguably one of the best defense in the league. And the Cowboys team put pressure all over him throughout the game. And he still threw for 214 yards with no turnovers. Yes, there was some questionable throws, but same thing could go for the other side as well. Every team makes questionable throws as whether if the defense can get the ball in their hands. So for Brock Purdy, I thought he played pretty great despite some of his struggles. And for the 49ers, like we've been talking about, the 49ers is one of the friendliest teams for um, any quarterback to play, and they have one of the best systems with great options as well. And the 49ers also ran the ball 29 times against the Cowboys to relieve that pressure off of Brock Purdy. So whenever you know Brock Purdy feels uncomfortable in the beginning of the game, maybe some jitters, the 49ers could always rely on Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey to take some of that load away, and especially Debo Samuel becoming that hybrid wide receiver running back type of thing. So for the 49ers, a lot of options on offense. I was doubting to see if Brock Purdy was able to handle a a defense that could pressure him, that has a great secondary, and I was want to see how Brock Purdy performed under that uh under that adversity. And Brock Purdy actually, I think performed up to the up to par against that adversity. So against the Eagles, I do think he's gonna have a solid game. And we could talk about that more later as well. For the defense for the 49ers though, they are elite, but the secondary is not as great as everyone seems. To make it ass. first of all cd lamb had 10 receptions for 117 yards and dalton schultz had five receptions for 27 yards and a touchdown so it's kind of interesting to see how they fare up against the eagles with aj brown dallas goddard and Devonte smith one of the best three-headed monsters in the receiving court in the entire nfl so we'll see where that goes but for now the 49ers i still think are the favorite to run away with the super bowl but then let's move on to the conference finals and let's go back to that rematch. Cincinnati and Kansas City. Back in here in the AFC Championship, back at Arrowhead Stadium. Cincinnati beat them last year, beat them again this year in the regular season. And do you think the fourth time's the charm for the Chiefs? Oh, this
1: is a very interesting take. But I, I see the Bengals of, as, as really what we've seen from them in the past year and a half. Like, they've had the Chiefs number. Every time, whether it be that just fantastic game from Joe Burrow, where he had, I believe, 600 yards. Cra- crazy stuff. Um, And be- and being in the AFC Championship game last year, too, they also had their number. And then fast forward to this year, they've also beat them one time earlier in the season. And really, I don't think like Kansas City struggled like this against any team. And so, again, having this matchup, it- I feel like while this game has a lot of meaning for Kansas City, I have to really just say that, like, my full confidence is with the Bengals. Like, they've showed that they can just on and on again just over overpower this Kansas City team. And whether or not Patrick Mahomes is hitting, like, he doesn't have Tyreek Hill this year that he did last year. And maybe he does have a couple of substitutions in there, like Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Juju Smith-Schuster. And just—it's it, it, a different team. And you look at it— um, I don't know if they've really consistently found a way to be a good defense, The Kansas City being. Um, their offense, I don't really has, think has been questioned at all. We've seen the successes. Patrick Mahomes is really the MVP this year. He should be. Um, but this defense, Chris Jones is a monster. But other than him, is it's really been inconsistent. Like... So there's going to be no room for errors for them to make against this Bengals team because, again, Joe Burrow's in-game IQ is at the top. And he will not be making those mis- like silly mistakes that you may see from like the average second- or third-year quarterback. And so um, I think he's past the point in his career where you really need to speculate, can he improve himself to where he limits the amount of turnovers? Because I, I don't think he has yet to throw a pick in the playoffs so I mean going off of merely what I've seen so far I think that the Chiefs have don't have their uh, number on this one
0: <sighs> time and time again I choose the Chiefs over the Bengals and every time the Bengals have uh, has flipped my hope around I don't see how the Chiefs can lose a fourth time in a row to the same team, I really don't because it's hard for a team to get beaten three times and the Cincinnati Bengals have done that to one of the best teams in the entire NFL in recent memory for a fourth time though that is so hard to do and because of that I still have to side with Kansas City even though they have lost three times in a row every time I chose them over the Bengals now it also also depends on Magic Mahomes if he's fully healthy or not last week he suffered a high ankle sprain and we'll see how he recovers from that but a one leg of Mahomes as we saw when he came back into the game is still one of the top 5 quarterbacks in the entire league on one singular leg. I don't know if that screams MVP or I don't know if that screams best player in the league, but the fact that he'll still able to dominate with one leg I don't see I don't see how he has a problem with that against the Bengals. Mind though, the Bengals did play a superior defensive game against the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen at the helm. So we'll see how the Bengals scheme defensively against Patrick Mahomes, but Again, with how Mahomes is playing throughout this entire year, and I'm pretty sure like when they saw the Bengals win that game against Buffalo, I'm pretty sure they have, again, scratched this date, and they're going to be like, there's no way we're going to lose to them four times in a row. There's going to be some burnt fire, some burnt anger, some frustration, because I know that the Chiefs would not want to lose to the same team four times in a row, especially when they're on the brink of getting to the Super Bowl once again, eliminated in the same in the same way they lost last year, yeah, I just don't see that happening again for the Kansas City Chiefs. And let's move on to the other game in the NFC, the Eagles and the 49ers. What do you got winning that game? So, I, I really think that
1: this is going to be... I, I don't know. I, I, I love this matchup. Um, two, let's say, of the most elite and well-rounded teams in the NFL, you could say that the offense for the um, 49ers with Debo, Kittle, and Ayuk now being in that core along with Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, um, completely overpowered. But then you look at the other opponent. Jalen Hurts' run ability has really opened it up for them. And to have that coupled with Miles Sanders and, let's say, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith being your wide receivers, it's just a star-studded team against a star-studded team. And so I really like this matchup. I think it's going to be, contrary to popular belief, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I know that both defenses are um the better of the bunch yet i i think that for some reason um these offenses are just going to show their capabilities and they're just going to out-tire this defense and so i i think this can go really either way it's going to be a close game in my opinion probably coming down into the final plays of the game yeah i have to go with the 49ers i mean i really think from what i've seen from them there's nothing that they can't do and even with Brock Purdy being their quarterback it's just showed how they've overcome these obstacles and still held their ground together, firm, and just been that team. They still have yet to lose since week five, so I don't see them losing this game to the Eagles. Although, if let's say a scenario in which this defense proves to be too to be too much for Brock Purdy to handle, that's one outcome in which I think I think the Eagles can win.
0: Yet I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take the 49ers. All right, this is this is a very interesting game. I feel like this could be the Super Bowl game if it wasn't for the NFC being both of the, both of the teams in the NFC. Okay, let's let's break down both teams. You have San Francisco, one of the best offenses in the entire league. You have Purdy playing phenomenal out of his mind right now, and the Eagles have so many pieces and weapons they could throw at you too. You have the dual threat ability of the read option with Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders. And then those three-headed monster with Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, Dallas Carter. That is just so hard to stop for an opposing defense. And both defenses are probably the best in the entire league, too. It's just so hard. They're neck-and-neck with each other. But if I have to go with my gut instinct, I just feel like the Eagles... I I have to go with the Eagles. My gut instinct is telling me the Eagles are going to win this game. They're at home. They dominated the Giants, which many teams, including you, thought that the Giants had a chance against the Eagles. I, from the start, knew that the Eagles were going to absolutely demolish the Giants. No doubt about that. And for the Eagles, who are also at home, like I said, Philadelphia is such a tough crowd to play in, especially with this weather. It's probably going to be in the low 20s, I would say. So San Francisco has to go from 50-degree weather to 20-degree weather. So we'll also see how weather affects them in their play, along with Brock Purdy as well. So that's home field advantage for the Philadelphia Eagles. And again, I talked about this earlier in this episode. The 49ers secondary, many people have them as one of the best secondaries in the league. But against the Cowboys, they look very flawed. And now they're facing the Eagles wide receiving core with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, both over 1,000 receiving yards in this season. With Dallas Garter being a very serviceable tight end. Yes, it's going to be very hard for this 49ers to defend that as well. But it's going to come down to two things, I believe, that is going to be the winner of this game. Number one, who could protect the ball? If Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy, they're both going to play a very tough defense, and whoever throws the most turnovers is going to be the one that loses. Second of all, who can control the run game more? Both teams are very great at the run as well, both very great running backs and running game. So whoever could take the most time off the clock, whoever could get the most rushing yards, I believe it's going to be the team that controls the game and win the game as well. So those two things are going to be the deciding factor for this game, but I'm ready to sit down and eat my popcorn for this game because it's gonna be a very fun one and finally let's talk about the NBA for just a tiny bit Rui Hachimura traded from the Washington Wizards to the Lakers in exchange for Kendrick Nunn and three second round picks and how does this fare out for the Lakers do you think this will push them into playoff contention or not
1: now this is really tough to say because I like the Lakers being aggressive in trying to buy in I, I like that so much yet I, I'm not too confident about the fit with Rui Hachimura um, he is another serviceable wing in which has has good post play, good finishing, yet is not the best of outside shooters. And as we know that's kind of been one of the struggles for the Lakers this season. While they do have some capable shooters, their consistency throughout that field is not there. And to kind of add to that is not something that I kind of like thought that they would want to do yet. Rui Hachimura is definitely an upgrade over Juan Toscano-Anderson. So I, I can't say that like this is a bad move for them. But yet again, I'm not too confident about this fit. Unless, maybe, Rui Hachimura po- proves to be starters worthy and can play the 4 with Braun at the 3 and maybe AD when healthy at the 5. Like I, That would be a very interesting lineup to see too. But I don't know. We'll have to wait and see for now. I think what we know from Rui Hachimura is that he'll give you a solid few buckets at least per every game, and he's serviceable. Like again, he's another player that can really just step it up when needed. So,
0: yeah, good move. I like this move too. Is better than Kendrick Nunn, who I thought should have made a bigger impact on the Lakers, but unfortunately he didn't. And let's talk about Rui He is a great defender. He is a very big body, six eight, weighs a good amount can play the defense very quick on his feet too. Like we said, his outside shot, not really there yet. Not polished. But we see him be able to hit down shots when he needs to. He's a very great slasher and finisher at the rim as well. Could create when he needs to. So for the Lakers, this plugs him at the wing. He's probably going to go in between Troy Brown Jr. Or off the bench as well. So it's going to be... Fun to see if he comes off the bench or if he gets inserted into the starting lineup. But nonetheless, I think it's a great addition. Another piece they could throw into the rotation for LeBron when he goes on the bench. And for the Lakers, they're sitting at 12th, but still very in the playoff race as well. And all that without Austin Reeves, without Lonnie Walker IV, and Anthony Davis. So three very big pieces for the Lakers not playing so far due to injury. So it's going to be quite the seed when all of them come back healthy. And if the Lakers could really get it together... I do think they have the pieces. Don't really need to make any more trades, I would say, except maybe another trade for a shooter. I just don't know who they would trade. Maybe Patrick Beverly and Juan Descona Anderson for a shooter. But despite that, I think I really like the retooling of this roster. And it's just about health, man. Health, health, health is the number one reason why the Lakers don't make the playoffs. Whether that be LeBron coming out for a couple games, or Anthony Davis coming out with a... just a freak accident and maybe other role players suffering some injuries time and time again so when all this is pushed away when health is finally back for the lakers i really do think they can make a run it's just when is the health going to come back for the lakers when is it going to come back because when it comes back it's always too late they're already out of the playoff race and then everyone else comes back so hopefully the lakers can come back healthy because i really like their roster right now they could really put some noise in the playoff race Alright, and that's all for today and for more episodes check out Top House Sports on Spotify. I'm house the true lobster with Temet and we'll see you next time.